The Rewatchables is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. That is the presenting sponsor of the BS Podcast. To check them out, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. Meanwhile, SeatGeek is the best app for buying and selling tickets to sporting events, concerts, and more for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase on any game or sporting event or plenty of baseball available. I promise. All you have to do is use promo code REWATCH. Download the SeatGeek app or go right to SeatGeek.com. Coming up, I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. And I think I love this movie. It's Forrest Gump. Controversial opinion. This is a good movie. I love it. Here we go. Now, my mama's always tell me how miracles happen every day. <laughs> Some people don't think so. Jenny! But they do. You can come home with me at my house in Greenbow. I'll take care of you. Why are you so good to me? You're my girl. The world will never seem the same once you've seen it through the eyes of Forrest Gump. My mom always said life was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. All right, Sean Fantasy is here. We could get nobody else to do this podcast with us because Forrest Gump, it's not cool to like Forrest Gump anymore. Yeah, what happened? I don't when know. When did this happen? It won, it won every Oscar and it made a gazillion million dollars. And it's, I think, with adjusted inflation, is like one of the 30 biggest movies of all time. Definitely. More than and that. There's been a backlash. I have some theories on the backlash. Okay. You want to go right I even right feel in? like I was part of the backlash. Okay. Because I remember writing about this, being upset about it. It beat Pulp Fiction and Shawshank in the 1994 Oscars, which was March 1995. Not great. It was the worst thing that ever happened in this movie. And then it became, it was during this era, the 1990s, when all these actors he, were taking these roles that started with Dustin Hoffman and Rain Man, um, take some sort of handicap, helped your Oscar chances. And it became almost like a self-parody by the mid-90s. Yes. But Got caught up in that a little bit. I think it might have been My Left Foot was the first one where this really got big. In the was late that even before late Rain 80s. Man? Yeah, late 80s is Daniel Day-Lewis, My Left Foot, Rain Man, Dustin Hoffman, Forrest Gump. And it, it led to this year had Forrest Gump and Jodie Foster as Nell. That's right. Which is one of the 38 worst movies of all time. It's I don't know great. if you've seen it recently. I, I she created this new it. language. They found her in the forest. It's just, really horrible. I don't think she has like a disability. I think she just was raised in the woods. And she's like, <laughs> she had this whole forest language. Yep. We should start a podcast called The Unwatchables because I feel like that that might be on there. But anyway, Forrest Gump was a phenomenon when it came out. It made $330 million and almost $700 million worldwide. This was an amazing fact to me. It stayed in the theater for 42 weeks. Insane. Nothing like that happens now. So what happened? I don't know. It tapped into something very emotional. And, you know, we were on this show a couple weeks ago talking about training day and Denzel Washington versus Tom Hanks. This is Tom Hanks at the apex of his Hanksness, where he was the center of the movie star universe. But these, these are all good things. Why did yeah. people turn on this movie? Oh, you want to know why the backlash? Yeah. Why the backlash? Well, there's some really corny stuff about this movie. It's and manipulative. It, it's very manipulative. It's very saccharine and sweet. It's very obvious. You know, there's nothing cool about Forrest Gump. And we're living in a culture of cool. And for some reason, like the earnestness of this movie, and I'll be perfectly honest, I got pretty choked up watching it last night. It's, it's, last 30 minutes it's, are great. It's real heartrending. Yeah. Um, but there's something like corny. And I think that that's a big factor. Coming out of... Uh 
when it was nominated to begin with, I remember that's when the backlash started. Mm-hmm. This was pre-internet. So 1994, I think this movie's treated a little differently during the internet. I think people turn on it a lot faster and you have those poison pill pieces of, you're even seeing this with Hereditary right now. Mm-hmm. Um, no, actually it's this and people go the other way and they, I, this is a pretty easy movie to pick apart and I'm fine with it. We'll probably pick apart some of it right yeah, now. I think you kind of have to. It's a really good movie. <laughs> and Tom Hanks is unbelievable. I think Tom Hanks is in every single scene. Is that possible? There's a couple of moments where Jenny is seen from afar, like oh, that's doing true. coke yeah, 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 and yeah. stuff. But There's a couple uh, of Jenny. Aside from that, he's in every scene. Yeah. yeah. And coming off, so Tom Hanks coming off Philadelphia, he's in the middle of one of the great gauntlets in any actor's IMDb that's really ever happened. Mm-hmm. League of Their Own. Philadelphia, Sleepless in Seattle, Forrest Gump, Apollo 13. I think it's those five in a row. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Castaway, not far off. Castaways, yeah. A couple of things. Seven Private Ryan's not far off. But yep. those, it was those five in a row. And he went from being an A-lister who's in competition with Michael Keaton, basically. And they're kind of having a little back and forth thing. Funny, to, nice guy. Yeah. yeah. Great Letterman guest. Unbelievable SNL host. Everybody loved Tom Hanks. And then just goes up a level. And he's great in this movie. I'm not sure who else should be in this movie. It's a, it's a pretty, tough one. It's a pretty gimmicky performance. I think it has to be, though. Yeah, it's, it's funny. It's, it's iconic, but it's also almost like active parody. Like, I remember seeing so many mad TV sketches making fun of this movie at the time right. that it almost, almost instantaneously became a joke into itself. So you do lose sight of how good Hanks is in a part that is pretty tough to pull off to make it credible. I mean, the whole construction of the Forrest Gump character is like, it's a fable. It's not, it's based on a book. It's not actually like, there's, this couldn't have been a real person. There's nothing credible in the sto- real life storytelling. Impossible to pull off. I'm going to go that far. Okay. Wait, what? This just, movie should not have worked. So let's just do the Michael Keaton game. If it was Michael Keaton, would this movie have worked at all for you? <laughs> it would have been rough. <laughs> this movie shouldn't have worked. Okay. What about Denzel? Like, try explaining this movie. I, I was actually, I was disappointed. Evan's producing this for us today. Evan's young. We yeah. have a lot of young people who yes. haven't seen a lot of movies. Like uh, our beloved Liz Kelly has yeah. not seen basically any movie that's come out before 2003. Yep. And I was hoping Evan hadn't seen the movie because I was just going to explain it to him in a sentence. Mm-hmm. It's basically like Village Idiot has a lot of crazy interactions with famous people and brushes with greatness and somehow becomes a bazillionaire and still holds on to the one girl that he truly loves. And at the end finds out he has a son, but during the middle of it, he runs across the world for three years. I think it's three movies combined. Okay. You ready? It's one part Zelig, the Woody Allen historical fake mockumentary. It's one part being there, the Peter mm. Sellers kind of satire. Yeah, great I movie. like that movie. And it's one part love story about two people that are fated to be together, but one of them can't survive. Yeah. And you take all three of the best elements of those movies, or maybe the corniest elements, like I said, and you put them all together and you get history, you get drama, you get love, you get comedy, and you get kind of like the meaning of America. There's like a subtext here. There's just like, this is the story of America across 50 years. It definitely hits something big because if you Google it, there's stories about, is this a conservative movie? Did mm-hmm. this foreshadow the conservative re- Republican coalition? Is that, is that a take that's going on? Yeah, there's things in there. there. The politics of this movie was that. What does the feather mean? Is the feather some pair? Like there is it. 
I don't know if they put a lot of thought into any of that stuff. I think they just, they adapted a book. Mm -hmm. They, we're going to go into this a little bit, but they took the first 11 chapters of a book basically. And we're like, wouldn't it be cool if we made a movie that spanned the course of 40 years or whatever it does. My interpretation of the feather is really straightforward, which is just the randomness of life. Forrest Gump keeps randomly finding himself at the center of the most interesting things in the world, the same way of, Feather blows through the wind and lands wherever it lands. There's know? a lot of crazier interpretations of the feather. Okay. The feather's a parallel of that, that, that. Is like, this like yeah. alt-right stuff? This is like English lit. Like okay. right. those people are involved and then the uh, politicians got okay. involved, all that stuff. I uh, This movie hits a couple of my weaknesses. I am a sucker for anything with Tom Hanks. I love Tom Hanks. Yep. He's great. I am a sucker for watching a person age over the course of a movie over multiple decades. Mm-hmm. The same reason I love world according to Garp. I just, I just like those movies. Okay. I don't know where you stand on that. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, I, they don't go out of their way to age Tom Hanks. They go out of their way to age Sally field. Yes. But they don't go out of their way to make it look like Tom. One of the flaws of the movie actually is 30 something, 38 year old Tom Hanks playing a 16 year old. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. That's, they, that part is tough. And I'm a sucker for Robin Wright, yeah, who is the most beautiful actress America has ever produced. I knew you were going there. Yeah. I love Robin Wright. Yeah, she's, what is, you, she's incredible. Why wouldn't I go there? Who doesn't love well, Robin Wright? It's a known t- for fans of Bill Simmons. It's a known take. Who doesn't love Robin Wright? Princess Bride, Robin Wright, I think is probably the most attractive person who's ever been in a movie. That was William Goldman's take, right? Yeah, that was something he he's said. like she's the most beautiful woman who's ever existed. I think it's an interesting middle ground, right? She has three phases of her career too. Beautiful ingenue in The Princess Bride, sophisticated award-winning actress in Forrest Gump, and now Ice Queen in House of Carbs. Now short short hair Robin Wright. Ice Queen Robin Wright. Yeah. I don't know if I like the Ice Queen Robin Wright as much. I like the princess slash Jenny Gump. She's looked great through every decade. Um, One of the reasons I think people backlashed on this movie is not just that it won Best Picture over those other two movies, but it kind of did the sweep. You know, it won yeah. Best Director, Demolished won Best Screenplay. Well, we're, gonna, we're about to go into that. Roger Ebert called it a magical movie. Hmm. Loved it. Most of the critics really liked this movie, which is funny. I thought hey, the backlash came a little bit after. Massive, massive soundtrack. This was a year where you had the Pulp Fiction soundtrack and you had the Forrest Gump soundtrack, which somehow sold 12 million copies. I think we need to talk at length about the soundtrack. Yeah, we're, we're getting there. I have that locked down. So here's what's going on with the 1994 Oscars, which was March 95. What do, what do we decide with that? Is it so? Is it the 94 Oscars or is it the I 95 Oscars? I always say Oscars? the year that it took place in. That's what I think. Yeah, it's same thing with the Super Bowl, yeah. 2001 Pats, but they played hosted by David Letterman. Mm-hmm. I think this was the Oprah Uma. It was. This yeah. is the only time he ever hosted. I, I would dare say this is would be the greatest Oscars to rewatch. Gosh, okay, that's a big. That's a, quite a call, Letterman. Letterman hosting, which mm-hmm. is, by the way, way better than people remember it being. Way better. Yeah. yeah people he, now, he, he was lambasted. He was the one. He wasn't lambasted, though. No, but he, critically, people were like, that wasn't good afterwards. They weren't like, that wasn't terrible. They were like, eh. They just thought it was weird. I mean, he was bringing his weird Letterman-ness to a place that is usually a little bit friendlier. Letterman, I thought Jason Zinneman in his Letterman book did a nice job of breaking down how Letterman is the reason people think this is now a disaster because- he made so many negative references mm. about over the next couple of years. We were like, oh yeah, the Oscars were a disaster. This is one of Jimmy Kimmel's biggest passion bar arguments. That he is, was good. That Letterman, that was, Letterman good. was good. And it's crazy that people think he was bad. And he just can't believe anyone thinks that. Uh, so anyway, hosted by Letterman, here were the five nominees for best picture. 
Gump, Shawshank, Pulp Fiction, Quiz Show, Four Weddings and a Funeral. I mean, that's a staggering group. Great lineup. It's really like up there with like the 93 NBA MVP kind of a. Very old school Oscars kind of lineup. You got Redford in there. Yep. You got a, you got a, a docudrama. You got a story about like a great man. You got a Stephen King adaptation. You got this indie powerhouse that comes out of nowhere. It's a good, good, good collection of movies. Zemeckis, Robert Zemeckis, who I think is, might be one of my favorite directors. I didn't realize that until I realized how many movies he's made that I liked, but I'm not, nobody's ever like, I'm a Zemeckis guy. Yeah. Maybe like Chris Ryan. <laughs> he's, that being a Chris Ryan thing. he's had a fascinating career. He's like that generation right after Spielberg. You know, yeah. he's only like eight years younger than Spielberg or seven years younger, but he's had a, he's made a lot of movies that a lot of people have seen. Yeah. He makes entertaining movies. He wins best director over Quentin Tarantino and Frank Darabont. Yeah, Frank Darabont, I don't think was nominated. He, I don't think he was. No, it's, it's, I believe it was Woody Allen for Bullets Over Broadway. Ugh. Tarantino, Redford for Quiz Show, Ugh. and Christoph Kieslowski for Three Colors Red. Have you seen Three Colors Red, Bill? I have no opinion on Three Colors <laughs> Red. I don't know if they showed that one in Boston. No. So, Tarantino should have won. Yeah, okay. I mean, if we're applying the years later, who should have won, which we love to do mm-hmm. on The Ringer over and over again. Tarantino. You're the guy who was shitting on Pulp Fiction like two weeks ago in that seat. You know what's funny? So first of all, I've gotten a lot of emails that agree, <laughs> agree with my take on <laughs> Bruce Willis's girlfriend. That's a lie. They are, You've gotten zero emails. They're in, in shock that you think Bruce Willis's girlfriend was in the worst 10 moment. Not wow. just the first 10 minutes of that movie, the worst 10 minutes of my life. How often have you Bruce been lying about what, what, what you get in your email inbox? No, I definitely years. got at least two emails okay. about that one. <laughs> uh, and some tweets. <laughs> But uh, Tarantino, I, I don't know. But Zemeckis, this is a really well-crafted movie. And it there's is. some smart scenes. I think the uh, we're going to talk about some of the scenes in a little bit. But the the Vietnam rally, like mm-hmm. that scene's just cool. It's just masterful. The running sequence, which we're also going to talk about, it's appalling. But it's... <laughs> It's really well shot and the music's great. And it's like, it, it's the best version of one of the worst sequences of any Oscar movie. Okay. <laughs> I'm interested in why you think it's appalling. Well, we'll talk. About okay. It. Hanks wins best actor over Morgan Freeman and John Travolta. Yep. No Tim Robbins nominated that year. No Tim somehow. Robbins. I'm okay with Hanks winning, actually. Mm, Freeman's you, pretty good. I, I really love that Paul Newman movie. No, nobody's fool. It is a good movie. That's a great movie. A and movie. that would have been a good time to give Newman a like, the you're, le- you're 80 years old. You, you get one now. I mean, that he might have been his last one. movie. I think Twilight came after that shortly. That, yeah. Shortly after, Maybe but yeah one of his last. Best supporting actor has nothing to do with uh, Forrest Gump, but Martin Lando, Martin Landau for Edward won over Sam Jackson in Pulp Just Fiction, nonsense. which is like actually really racist. It's offensive. This is an offensive Could we say award. that's a racist yeah. award? Martin Landau seems like a lovely guy. Good actor. Good actor. Yeah. Jules Winfield is an iconic character. It's kind of unbelievable that, yeah. that, that, that Spike Lee didn't get nominated for Do the Right Thing. Yep. And Sam Jackson didn't beat Martin Landau. It's bullshit. And there's 20 other terrible things. Also, I, I would have taken Lieutenant Dan over Martin Landau yeah. any day of the week. Yeah, Lieutenant Dan's good. Sinise is great in this movie. And then the other one, Diane Weist won for Bullets Over Broadway. She beat Uma Thurman and Robin Wright. Yeah. Robin Wright not nominated. Oh, she wasn't even nominated? No. Oh, no. That's a mistake. Yeah. 
Uma Thurman's unbelievably good in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. And uh, I wish she had one. So then uh, it's funny. We talked about how great the the best actor was, but the best actress, Jessica Lange won for Blue Sky, a movie that you wouldn't know what it was if it was showing right now. Jodie Foster was nominated for Nell. Yes. I think I'd block that out of my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miranda Richardson for Tom and Viv. Winona Ryder for Little Women and Susan Sarandon for The Client. I think that's the worst best actress. That they, that has to be the number one worst batch they've ever had. I got to say, I love The Client. <laughs> <laughs> I watched The Client like a hundred times as a kid. I Which really, one was I that? Brad that Renfro? Yeah, Brad Renfro. Yeah, in the Bayou. R.I.P. Like, yeah, he's great. That's a good movie. That's a, That was when those Grisham adaptations were nifty. Yeah. It's cool I, that she was nominated for that, actually. I mean, she won a couple of years later for Dead Man Walking. That's a rough category. I think if uh, if we applied the what we have now with the internet culture and the writing and just the general savviness for this stuff, the Oscars is completely different. Oh, I totally agree. And I'd really be interested to see how Gump is received. So here, I wrote down all the people Gump interacts with or is somewhere around okay. during this movie. Real human beings, you mean? Well, just American things. Okay. The KKK, Elvis Presley, Child Abuse, Bear Bryant, Alabama Integration, George Wallace, JFK, Vietnam, Playboy Magazine, LBJ, Abby Hoffman, Black Panthers, The Moon Landing, Dick Cavan and John Lennon, Chairman Mao, Watergate, Gerald Ford, Apple, Nike, The Shit Happens bumper sticker, The Have a Nice Day t-shirt, Ronald Reagan getting shot, Bert and Ernie, and AIDS. We can't confirm AIDS. Well, we're going to talk about okay. that. It's an unanswerable question. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's 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 amazing. Sets so Forrest Gump. Congratulations to him. Let's talk about some categories. Most rewatchable scene. I had trouble coming up with more than three. I okay. had to kind of stretch it. Here's Forrest playing football. I just kind of enjoy. And I think if this is the right time for us to talk about him as a kick returner versus Devin Hester and some of the other greats. <laughs> uh, one of the he things- made the All-American as a kick returner. How great, how many touchdowns did he have? I think we got to give a little bit more credit to Alabama's blocking schemes because mm. Tom Hanks has no escapability. He no. literally just runs in a straight line and then he turns left and then he runs in He's a straight like a line. He's like You know, like- if you're Desmond Howard back in the day, you're, so you're, going you're, Desmond you're zigging and zagging, you're weaving. If you're Devin Hester, you're a bolt of lightning, but then you have the perfect cut. Like what, what was- Can we call him the best white kick returner ever? <laughs> sure. Unbelievable. Okay. Yes, yes. He was well, very gifted. He only had two football scenes. I could have watched a hundred. I Can love the scene when he breaks one and Bear Bryant's like, look at that dumbass go or whatever he says. <laughs> I will say when I saw this movie, I didn't really know anything about college football history. And so I didn't know that that was supposed to be Bear Bryant. Yeah, and the hat to the hat to that's it off. the giveaway now. Yeah. But it's it's cool to go back and look at that stuff. Also, Alabama football when the movie came out wasn't really doing that great, and now it is back. Roll Tide. Nick it was Saban. a smart move though because you had Bear Bryant and you had the integration stuff, so right. it was the right school to that's put true. in. Second favorite scene: Forrest blows his first load. I knew this would make you uncomfortable. Uh, Jenny uh-huh. Gump, an iconic. Um, I can't even look at you over the over the rest of the nineties, imitating that with my friends. <laughs> At bars, <laughs> just great. Okay, just, oh, oh. What's just hilarious. <laughs> that scene, if that scene's on, I'm always watching because I love Tom Hanks. There's zero percent chance I'm going with that one. Yeah, okay. Uh, the Vietnam rally is fantastic. I love it. Tell us a little bit about the war, man. The war in Vietnam 
Wollen wir fucking It's also CGI'd. The they guy. had like 1,500 extras and oh. they CGI'd the rest and they had all the extras on one side and then they moved everybody to the other side and they split the two. So it made it seem like there was 35,000 people or whatever and there wasn't. Interesting. I love that scene. I was really struck by it watching it last night. I love the way that the fake Abby Hoffman says, Forrest Gump! Very, yeah. very, very sharply. And then, you know, them running through the through the pool to meet each other is like, it's just, it feels like an iconic movie moment. Yeah, I think that's the best scene in the movie. Forrest gets rich and Jenny comes back is a great montage. Mm-hmm. He gets rich. He's mowing the lawn. We have a little, oh, I, I bought a church. I gave money here. And then Jenny walks back. Solid four minutes. I Let me just say, well, I'll, I'll save it for picking nets. The running scene, which is appalling. The music choices in it are just so incredible. Is it Seeger and Jackson Brown? It's running on empty Jackson <laughs> Brown right to Against the Wind with Bob Seeger. It's just just so late Zemeckis 70s. Zemeckis loves, so loves the obvious musical cue. Yeah. In Flight, when he does Feeling All Right by Joe Cocker, oh, yeah. when Denzel falls off the wagon, it's like, this is just unbearable. Only Scorsese is worse at obvious yeah. musical cues. And then the last one, Forrest meeting his son. His name's Forrest. Like me. I named him after his daddy. He got a daddy named Forrest, too? You're his daddy, Forrest. Great scene. So, so touching. Haley Joel Osment is incredible in this movie. He's, like He's two years really old. really great. Uh, and then uh, Forrest meets his son, and then basically the next scene he gets married, and Lieutenant Dan shows up, so you can lump those together. Mm-hmm. I think the best scene is the Vietnam rally. What do you think? I'll agree with you. One potential candidate that I thought was a fun scene watching it again was um, the the hurricane and, mm. and and Lieutenant Dan kind of going to war on yeah, top yeah. of the mast. Yeah, I thought that part was really fun. Yeah, too, that and I had forgotten good. about that. So that I dug that. I don't know. I mean, I think those are good candidates. I'm gonna it's go. That, I'm gonna go with the, the the rally. It's not like Shawshank where you're going. Oh, here's the scene when he plays the opera. It mm-hmm. doesn't have these like just knock your socks off scenes. But I think the Vietnam rally is pretty good. I think and, um, the one of the things about the football scene that you're talking about is that that scene basically is connected directly to the previous scene where he learns how to run. And it's all kind of part of a flow. It doesn't, it's not as individuated as some, some other movies are. Right. Run Forest Run is a candidate too. That one's short though. But just him breaking out of the braces and mm-hmm. little yeah. Jenny going, run, Forrest, run. You know what scene is funny, too, is um, the principal of the school sleeping with Sally Field so that he can yes. stay in school. <laughs> I, I hesitated to put that one on, even though I'm the same guy who put Forrest blows his first load. <laughs> no, that's uh, not getting any votes. Uh, yeah, the, the, uh, that principal, your mama really cares about your schooling. What's age the best? Here are the nominees. Feel free to add any. Okay. Robin Wright. Sure. She looks great. I'm now. on her corner and I'm, Mich- I'm on Michelle Pfeiffer's corner for life. Okay. Incredible music soundtrack. And there's some really smart choices. Like when he's rolling around Lieutenant Dan in New York City in 1970 and they go with the Midnight Cowboy theme song. Everybody's talking at me. 
that, that which, struck me as a little bit too on the nose. I, I liked it though. He, I was like, this is so over the top. I'm in. Sinise literally hits a cab and says, I'm walking here. Right. And which is funny because he's in a wheelchair. But I think it was an homage to that movie. It was, that it, was the same year. Homage, I liked it. It was like too on the nose. You, you know, didn't like fi- it. Like 12 year old. Too avert. Yeah, 15 year old me was like, oh, cool. I don't really know this song. I don't, I've never seen Midnight Cowboy. As an adult watching it, I, I'm like, this is hokey. Guess how many door songs are in this movie? Oh, I noticed that last night too. It must be at least four. Six. Oh. <laughs> Bill, do you know about the doors rep among like rock critics? Do you know that rock critics think the doors are absolute shit? Oh, yeah. That they're like the worst band of all time. Yeah. Um, Robert Zemeckis is not a rock critic. He, yeah. He thinks these guys kick ass. Doors have a couple of good songs. Rock critics can fuck up. <laughs> uh, the gimmick of Forrest intersecting with 50 years of American history. Yeah. It just shouldn't have worked, but I do enjoy it. I like... Oh, now we're in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Oh, now we're in the disco era. Mm-hmm. Oh, now we're in the post-disco era. And Jenny's a cocktail waitress and has shorter hair. And, but do you know, think just, the actual scenes of him encounter, encountering historical figures works well? No, the, we save that for what's okay. age the worst. Okay. I just like the 50 years, like Elvis. And Let me just go back to the soundtrack once again. Yeah. It did identify a lot of really cool songs for a lot of young people, but it's the most obvious soundtrack of all time. And I don't know if it's aged the best. I don't think you can say that. Because it's like, it kind of set up a bad run of soundtracks of like people using Creedence Clearwater Revival on every soundtrack and like Fortunate Son. How many movies was Fortunate Son in after this movie? So you, you are actually, you're making the case. It pushed other people to use these same songs. And now that means it hasn't aged the best. Yeah. It like officially calcified classic rock as the soundtrack for all boomers in their forties and fifties making movies through the nineties. And it's a good point. All right. Well, we can also put it in what stage the worst. I just really like hearing running on empty and the doors. And okay. Here's the thing. I never listen to that music anymore. Ever. Mm -hmm. I never listen to classic rock. I can't remember the last time I would have ever interacted with the door song. So hitting some of these old ones, I was like, Oh, that song. Oh, it was like listening to a jukebox from this era. That's dead. I think it just ruined a bunch of songs for me. Like it just ruined like Sloop John B. I can't listen to that anymore. What's the one they put in all the Disney sports movies when, uh, like that, like and remember the Titans, they're dancing in the locker room. Like sugar pie, honey bunch. Yeah. uh, Four tops. Ain't no mountain high enough. Another one. Like they just demolished the movies have ruined those songs forever. The redemption of, Lieutenant Dan has aged really nicely. Incredible. This is my wife, Susan. Hello. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> These are my titanium legs. Oh, I'm a billionaire. We've invested in Apple. Yeah. Normal stuff. Yeah. <laughs> all predictable. I thought, I think Sinise's performance is awesome. Yeah. He's, he's really great. good. Uh, anything else for what's age the best? Mm, no, I have some age of the worst. All right. Well, that that's a longer category. So we already talked about the soundtrack. You made your case. The CGI was groundbreaking in 1994. And it's like, we could do better stuff in the ringer office. Now we just did Jurassic park and the rewatchables, which came out a year before this movie and had much better CGI. Yeah. Much better. It was always a little dicey in the moment where John Lennon's talking and his mouse moving, but oh, different words are coming out. That stuff. That looks like a, uh, the like social videos we would cut for like Bill Belichick as Scarface. Like right. Island, you know what I mean? Like it's just, <laughs> it doesn't look good at all. If Zemeckis, how much money do you think he's made? He's, he's got to have a comfortable life, right? Oh, definitely. I think him and Hank's made like a shitload of money from oh, Forrest Gump. No question. From for a, the, a ton of, I mean, he made back to the future. There's a chance he's listening to this. I can't, it can't be ruled out. If he's listening to it, Bob Zemeckis is a genius. Uh, but shout if out he's to him. listening to this, 
you've made more than enough money. Do the 25th anniversary Blu-ray and just drop like 1.5 million on the CGI and just make it cool. You know, George Lucas did this in the original Star Wars trilogy and people flipped out. They were not happy. Really? So be careful how you mess with history. How hard would it be to mess with some of these scenes? He has know. all the stuff already. I don't know. You know what's weird too? Well, is- but also Star Wars people, get the, get the fuck out with them. Okay, I'm not going They're there. They're lunatics. Not going there. You They're know what lunatics. stuff does look good though is- Oh, R2-D2 looks differently. Oh! <laughs> uh, Evan, please cut this so we don't get no. Uh, don't mail. cut this. They, they're uh, <laughs> lunatics. They admit they're lunatics. The ping pong stuff looks great, though. Ping pong stuff looks good. That CGI. How can that CGI ball look so good? And John Lennon's mouth looks like it was it was like etch a sketched onto his face. Forest moms, forest moms sleeping with the school principal, which is a delightful scene, mm-hmm. has probably aged badly in certain corners. Not super woke. Yeah. Okay. The running scene, Forrest ran three years, two months, 14 days, 16 hours. It started on July 5th, 1976. It was the day after July 4th, all the way through September 19th, 1979. Mm-hmm. You're not going to believe this, but I have some some issues with that. Fire away. Somebody, just somebody running for three and a half years. It's just absurd. Well, where was he staying? Where was he staying? You know, when he was like, when I was tired, I slept. When I was hungry, I ate. Who was getting his checks from for, from Bubba Gump Shrimp Company? Who's in charge of the bank? Who mowed his lawn? <laughs> Who mowed his lawn? Who mowed his lawn? <laughs> he was mowing his lawn. Uh, Who's in charge of stuff? They had no cell phones then? I don't know. He's, he's just off. He's running. His caretaker checks are maybe? Just, checks are just piling up in the mailbox. I mean, he was a he was a simple man who who didn't need a lot of things. He didn't need a lot of possessions. That scene is absolutely idiotic. Okay. They should have had him running for nine months, I can see. Nine months he's on the road. Oh, he ran back to California and he ran back. Okay. He you, ran for three and a half years. It's the dumbest fucking thing. I can't believe they did that. You're a little older than me. Tell me about the late 70s. What was happening at that time? Wasn't that a bad time? There was no decade where anybody would have done that. <laughs> what decade What decade exists? I don't know. I don't know. It's, a, it's just a weird part of the movie. In the same pair of Nike Cortez? The movie's ridiculous. It's meant to be a parable. That, be, that part is more than ridiculous. So it's like when you translate the story, it's one of the few parts of the story that shouldn't make sense on screen because it's illogical. It's silly. But, you know, it's also it's like a metaphor. One thing I do like about it is he breaks out the castaway beard. Mm-hmm. It's a little foreshadowing. It's I don't think like, the makeup is very good. No, it's a castaway. Here. I, I think that's there's, real in castaway. It's real in castaway. Yeah. This was like they did the fake way and they learned for castaway. Yeah. Which uh, we should mention, we voted. You, we had the listeners vote for this, or yeah, on Twitter, we did four Tom Hanks movies, and they were big: Saving Private Ryan, Castaway, and Forrest Gump. And Forrest Gump won, yes. which is why we're doing this. We like to listen to our fans. I'm mad at all of you that you didn't vote for Castaway, and I'll, you I, also declined to put Apollo 13 on that list. Because I, I wouldn't have been on it. I was being selfish. Okay. It's right. not, I don't like that movie I think it would have been a little bit easier to draw a crowd for this conversation. Forrest Gump was a massive movie. I know. This will, this, this will draw a crowd. Okay. Bubba? I'm not sure he's aged well. What do you think is wrong with it? Just too broad the performance? Too broad the character? I don't know if we needed to um, have the second superhero with the same power. Uh-huh. I know what you mean. Would have brought, would have maybe had some wrinkles with Bubba. Well, but that's that is the that's what underscores their friendship. He was a dumbass soulmate. Yeah, they were they were both they were both uh, undereducated guys with sweethearts. Jenny Gump's journey. It's a little rough. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not necessarily saying it's a bad thing. It's just tough. There's it's a tough ten year stretch for her. 
Bad choice in men. Actually, a tough 30-year stretch for her. Rough time at home. Well, Tough th- choice in men. Um, coke, heroin, it maybe seemed like there a little mm-hmm. bit. Not to get too weighty, but I do think that this is a movie that probably showed a lot of young people like the the effects of child abuse. Yeah. I mean, it really was one of the first movies that I saw that made an honest attempt, even though it's not a very like raw or gritty portrayal. You got the point. You understood what was happening there with her, her father. And, you know, maybe it's a little bit facile that every single thing that happens to her seems to be the after effect of what happened to her in her childhood. But that's, but that's true for a lot of stuff people. That happens. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I, I don't think that that aged poorly necessarily. I think it's unfortunate that everything that happens to Forrest is great and everything that happens to Jenny is bad. And yeah. Forrest has to be the like the shoulder that she can lean on at all times. But I don't know. Robin Wright is so good in the movie. She's so empathetic. I think that that character works. Do you have any other what age source candidates? Sally Field's only 10 years older than Tom Hanks. Yeah. That's <laughs> it's tough. Just, it's so obvious when you're watching the movie. Yeah. Um, especially when, when Tom Hanks comes home from Vietnam and she's like aged up, but they're clearly just contemporaries and they had just starred together 10 years earlier in punchline. punchline. Yeah. So I, I always thought that that was weird and it still seems weird. It's like Alan Bernstein canceled at the last second. Yes, exactly. Somebody they, who was like 20 years older. Yeah. And they had to audible. All right. We're new casting. What ifs casting? What ifs are brought to you by ZipRecruiter, the presenting sponsor of the BS podcast. Having a high casting IQ is important. Just look at this movie. We could have had Chevy chase in the role of Forrest Gump. That almost happened. That's the thing though. You never know. You need a high IQ for whatever you're doing. But when it comes to hiring, you actually don't need a hiring IQ. Just use ZipRecruiter. Their powerful technology scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience for your job. My listeners can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. All right, Sean, casting what ifs. Shoot. I didn't research this. What do you got? This is, you're going to be staggered by a couple of these. Robert Zemeckis' first choice for the title role was Harry Anderson. What? And he was unavailable because he had a commitment to Dave's World on CBS. Oh my God, the yeah. late Harry Anderson. The late Harry Anderson was almost Forrest Gump, which is just dumbfounding. I didn't, my brain can't process I it. I think that might have been good. It might have been good. It's a different movie. It doesn't feel as big. That's definitely true. Harry Anderson was not that famous even then. I yeah, mean, bizarre. Huh, okay. Three other people turned down the role of Forrest Gump. Bill Murray- John Travolta and Chevy Chase. John Travolta is a fiasco. John Travolta said it's one of the biggest regrets of his entire career that he wasn't Forrest Gump. That would have been terrible. He kind of played Forrest Gump in Phenomenon, which I still ride for a little bit with Keir Cedric. Yeah, it's funny. And I feel like Michael, too, is him like trying to get back to that moment. of Yeah, like, oh, I need the Forrest Gump. I'm a magical. I have a magical power. Exactly. Turn down the role of Bubba. David Allen Greer. Big mistake. Dave Chappelle. What? Yeah. Dave Chappelle. And Ice Cube. Okay. Ice Cube refused to play an idiot. I was gonna Ice Cube was actually literally too smart for this part. You would you wouldn't you wouldn't buy it. Dave Chappelle thought the movie would bomb and regretted it and ended up working with Hanks four years later on uh You Got Bail. Dave Ch- how old was Dave Chappelle at this yeah, time? I don't know. Must have been his Just early. Right 20s. around the age when, his half baked era? Tupac auditioned for Bubba. Didn't okay. get it. That wouldn't have worked. That's interesting. <laughs> Tupac as, as Bubba Blue. 
Bubba Blue is his last. His last name is Blue. Buford Blue, as I recall. Um, Bu- yeah. So let's imagine a world in which Harry Anderson <laughs> and Tupac. And Tupac. <laughs> <laughs> That's rough. Jenny Gump. Jodie Foster turned it down. Okay. So did Nicole Kidman. They both could have been good. This is a tough one. So did Demi Moore. That would not have been good. I think she would have been a little too old at that point for the Robin Wright. Robin Wright was able to pull off the I'm in high school, I'm in college with Forrest Gump. Demi Moore, that was like striptease Demi Moore at that point. It was a little before that, but yeah. 94. Yeah. Is that striptease? Striptease was 94, okay, you 95. Got that, you got that locked in your brain, no, huh? Just, that's that's big Demi Moore, yeah. Turned it down as directors, Terry Gilliam and Barry Sonnenfeld. Those both would have been interesting versions yeah. of the movie. That would have been- Terry Gilliam would have been amazing. Yeah, that would have been interesting. A lot different. So yeah, that, those are the casting what ifs brought to you by ZipRecruiter. How did how is Hanks not the first choice for this movie? I, he might have been unavailable. Okay, would be my guess. Would I you would. have enjoyed Bill Murray? He kind of played dumb as Carl and Caddyshack. That's the only time he's been dumb. But like for parody purposes. Yeah, for comedy. I don't think it works with Bill Murray. Okay. What about Bob is probably the craziest he's gone. Mm-hmm. Just don't think it works. Okay. The Deion Waiters Award. It's basically Michael T. Williamson, Sally Field, and Haley Joel Osment, unless you can come up with anyone else. Hmm. It's got to be a heat check. Unless you want to go with the guy who sleeps with Sally Field to let Forrest in the public schools. How about Dick Cavett aging himself back 20 years? Oh, that was the real Dick that's Cavett? That's the real Dick Cavett. Oh, he gets Wearing it. Wearing a wig. Yeah, yeah that's, that's fantastic. <laughs> you win that if you're aging yourself backwards. The Joey Pants Award. There wasn't a Joey Pants in this one. Yeah. There wasn't a that guy. I didn't really recognize the that guy. Hmm. I looked. I wanted that. We just launched this Joey Pants Award for the that guy who you're eventually right. stopped being a that guy. You could argue Gary Sinise was a that guy. I'm not sure he was Gary Sinise yet. I think there's a chance this movie made him Gary Sinise. I think you're right. I mean, if you were a big theater guy in Chicago in the 80s during the Steppenwolf time, you'd know Gary Sinise. What's I mean, his IMDb before what this? What he made before that? I'll tell you what he did immediately before this that was great is he was the star of the adaptation of The Stand on ABC, okay. which you know a lot of people have problems with, but I thought was great. So, and that was a pretty big deal. But that, I mean, he was in a Midnight Clear and of mice and men and of mice and men adaptation, but he hadn't done very much in in movies. So he might have been that guy. All right, I'll okay. give it to I'll give it to Gary Sinise. Okay. Half ass internet research. A lot of lot of stuff for this one. Tom Hanks not paid for the film. Yeah, but he got points. Took percentage points. Made over forty million bucks. Unbelievable. Good job, Tom Hanks. Based on the uh, nineteen eighty six novel we mentioned. Tom Hanks's younger brother, Jim Hanks, doubled for him in the numerous running scenes. Who the fuck is Jim Hanks? Jim Hanks. <laughs> Who knew there was a Never Jim Hanks? Guy. How do you name one son Tom and the other Jim? You have Tim, John, Bob, everybody three letters? Oh, wow. Bob, Dan. Parents aren't very creative. The screenplay for the sequel was written by the same uh, screenwriter, Eric Roth, in mm-hmm. 2001, based on the original novel sequel, Gump and Company. By Winston Groom. Right. Began with Forrest sitting on a bench waiting for his son to return from school. And it had a little momentum. And then after the September 11 attacks, Roth, Zemeckis, and Hanks all decided the story was no longer relevant. After 9-11? I don't know what 9-11 did. Maybe it, maybe they felt like they had to reimagine it post 9-11 okay. and then everybody just punted. Hanks I'm, was good. I'm glad they didn't make this an extended universe. You know what would have been a, man's, a big mistake? Forrest Gump too. Agree. When the mic goes out at the Vietnam rally, here's what Forrest says, in what? case you're wondering. Well, how do you know this? I just I found it on the half-assed internet research. <laughs> okay. 
He said, sometimes when people go to Vietnam, they go home to their mamas without any legs. Sometimes they don't go home at all. That's a bad thing. And that's all I have to say about that. Boris Gump. Abby Hoffman comes a great job. <laughs> Meaningful stuff, man. Jenny's birthday on her tombstone, which you see at the end, was July 16th, 1945, which was the same day as the Trinity test, the first the first atomic, atomic bomb detonation. What? I'm just telling you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Someone's working really hard to make those connections. You think that was purposeful? I don't know. So Jenny was the atomic bomb of Forrest Gump's life. Is that the? Is that I what you're supposed to think? Just half fast internet research. Okay. The running scene was inspired by an actual event in 1982. Lewis Michael Figaro, age 16, ran from New Jersey to San Francisco for the American Cancer Society. Okay. Somehow they strung that along into three and a half years of Forrest Gump jogging around in his Cortezes. All the ping pong with CGI. We mentioned that the park bench that Tom Hanks sat on for most of the movie was located in the historic Savannah, Georgia, at Chippewa Square. They took it out, sent it to the Smithsonian. Interesting. Yeah. Bubba Gump now in 33 locations, including Santa Monica on the pier. Can't say I've ever had a bite of food from Bubba Gump. Yeah, you're not missing much. Kurt Russell did the voice of Elvis. Mm, also very famously portrayed Elvis in a John Carpenter movie about Elvis. Yeah. He's a great Elvis. That's a good Elvis. And I think he, oh, Val Kilmer was the Elvis in True Romance. Yes. Warner Brothers in 1988 gave up the rights to this film in exchange for the rights to Executive Decision which came out in 1996 because the studio felt the project had lost its commercial promise in the wake of Rain Man. Woof. Yeah. They're like, nah, Rain Man, it can't work after Rain Man. What did we give us the right? This is one of, this is like the hardened trade for movies. Isn't Executive Decision also a Kurt Russell movie? Yeah. Okay. That's the, if you ever want to, if somebody ever asks you, what's the hardened trade for movies? Forrest Gump for Executive Decision. That's awful. I think they threw in Steven Adams. <laughs> Robert Zemeckis, they left out a couple planned effect shots, but one in particular was Forrest running into Martin Luther King and his supporters. Forrest distracts several dogs trying to attack King and his supporters by playing fetch with them and rendering them harmless to King and himself as well as his supporters. Again, this is half-assed internet research. Strong edit on their part. If they Great edit. If that if that's true, if that scene <laughs> exists, I would destroy the scene. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. People would go nuts. That actually probably would have ruined the movie if that was in the movie. You know what's an underrated part of this movie? Editing that scene out. That definitely. But the fact that Forrest Gump is literally a descendant of the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah. And people were just like, okay, cool. Yeah. My my. My parents My ran around and happy grandpappy. And he like pulls the white sheet over. That part's not great. I don't think that would have made it into the 2018 version of this movie. Oh, Woke Forest Gump is a movie none of us want to no. see. Woke the, Gump. Woke Gump is, let's never make that. The pair of shoes that Jenny gives to Forrest as a gift were Nike's 1974 Cortez running shoes. Guess I'm what wearing, you're wearing the replicas right now. right now. You got them, Bill. Here are the six Doors songs in the movie. Soul Kitchen, Hello, I Love You, People Are Strange, Break On Through, Peace Frog, and Love Her Madly. I like Soul Kitchen. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it, the, it, the use of it is so obvious, though, like in, especially in the Vietnam scenes. I love that you, you're just destroying Zemeckis for his obvious musical taste. <sighs> it's just, I don't know. But yet you'll give Scorsese a free pass for using Gimme no, Shelter in seven movies. I won't. I won't anymore. It's like those, those are not literal choices, though. When Scorsese does it, he's like, he's using the same nine stone songs and that's annoying. Yeah. But the, when Zemeckis does it, it's literally a song about the feeling that he's conveying in the movie. Yeah. I don't know. It's not great. Apex Mountain, Tom Hanks, back-to-back Oscars. 
think he made case, yeah. Back-to-back Oscars is insane. Mm, Apex Mountain? You this really is, wanted this to be Castaway. Is it not Castaway? This is the most commercial movie he ever made. Okay. This won him a second Oscar and cemented him as the best actor. That best A list actor, most bankable, marketable, whatever you want. I'm not saying he was the best actor, but I think the how people felt after this came out was like Tom Hanks is now the alpha dog in Hollywood. Whatever movie he wants to make, he can make. This makes me wonder what Apex Mountain means. Career Apex. In terms of his ability to like open a movie and what his movie starness. Just, just the best point of his career. You okay. go with something else. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, don't, I guess this is probably his most iconic performance. Absolutely. Right? I'd rather have him in A League of Their Own. I think he's a lot funnier. But that's not an apex. He hadn't won an Oscar yet. You're right. You're right. Okay. All right. Gary Sinise. I don't know. He did 10 seasons of CSI New York. You sure we can top that? I don't know. I don't know what Gary Sinise is. I've never been a giant Gary Sinise fan, unfortunately. I think he's really good in this movie. He creeped me out in Ransom. He's really good in Ransom. I know. He, in a way that it made me just not like him, I really feel like he might be like that. Yeah. I mean, what it's was one of those in, performances. He's in like the Green Mile. You know, yeah. he's in a lot of. Not not a ton of great Gary Sinise performances. This is definitely Apex Mountain. Zemeckis, yes. No, Back to the Future. Back I to forget, the Future, a hundred out of a hundred times. The future. Yeah. Back to the Future, yes. Back to the Future. God, he did Back to the Future. I All forgot that. Yeah. He also did Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which I love. He did What Lies Beneath, which is very underrated. Not in Nine in the Simmons House. He's 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 good. He did all those weird. Um, I totally forgot. I. I'm a dumbass. It's got to, I, th- I think for, for Zemeckis in particular, it's got to be Back to the Future. We almost have to edit out that I forgot that he did Back it's, to the Future. Evan, don't edit this. <laughs> Robin Wright? Um, it's, I think it's her most complete performance. You know, she ha- has the most to do. Like the Princess Bride, she's beautiful, but she's not really on screen that much. I say, I think this is her career apex. Okay. But didn't win the Oscar. Michael T. Williamson, absolutely. He did have a good hoop show on Showtime that I enjoyed. Chris Ryan only wanted ago. to be here for the Michael T. Williamson part so he could talk about his performance in Heat. Oh, he was good <laughs> in Heat. Could Danny Trejo have been in this movie? Another category we have. Uh, obviously, yes. I think we, we're looking at a younger Danny Trejo from, it's like Heat range, still probably late 30s. Mm-hmm. I think Danny Trejo could have been Lieutenant Dan. I'm fine with it. I, that's a, not true. <laughs> I'm fine with him as Lieutenant Dan. He no, brings he anger. Could have been like the drill sergeant in boot could camp. Could have been a drill sergeant. I I love Danny Trejo. Okay. If he was Lieutenant Dan, he, what about happen. Forrest's mom? Danny Trejo is Sally Field's character. Would that have worked? <laughs> no, I would like that one. Could have been the principal. No, I think Danny Trejo's in the military scenes. I think. Yeah, yeah. Mark Ruffalo Award for the best overacting. I think Sydney styles it up a couple times in this movie. There's a couple of Ruffalo scenes in this. Ruffalo's great in Spotlight. I mean, the joke is that Mark Ruffalo's a bad actor. It's just that one scene that they do, they yeah, do. Sinise, yeah. you could argue he dials it up a couple times. Him on the boat, really going for it in the hurricane. I enjoyed that stuff. I enjoyed it too, but 
Yeah, it's a little ruffalo He's literally screaming. It's, it might actually be like the, the precursor to the they knew. Like he may have invented the they knew by doing the like, you'll never right. sink this boat. Could have started it. The other nominee is Wesley, Jenny's abusive boyfriend, who gets the shit kicked out of my forest at the Black Panther party. That guy sucks. He just went super evil. He yeah. went Billy Zane Titanic. Yeah. Like he's just like, I'm you're he's gonna terrible. hate me. I mean, he literally looks like um like a, a combination of John Lennon and Vladimir Lenin, you know? Like right. he, he looks, looks like a communist. Yeah. Well, let's give it to him. Sinise is good in this movie. Pick a nits time. Boy, I'm excited for this category. <laughs> How long was Forrest at that bus stop? I don't know. He's really stupid. What kind of what kind of bus stop? What kind of bus stop situation was going on there? It's completely plausible. He was there for nine hours, and that he <laughs> missed for a his bus, bus that didn't that arrived every time. Or he was waiting for a bus that didn't exist. Well, we know that he can't read a map because it's only six blocks away from where he was waiting, where he needed to go. All fair points. Forrest had that bus stop for a while, but he did have a 70 IQ. So I guess <laughs> it's, it's right. It's not offensive to say like this guy was a dummy. Yeah, he was really he was, stupid. He was dumb. He's 70 IQ. What did Forrest do from 1970 to 1974? This movie kind of skips ahead. <laughs> it has a Vietnam rally. He sees Jenny. Jenny goes off. Mm-hmm. And then there's like some some ping pong for the service. He's traveling the country. But when he comes back, he somehow interacts with Watergate. Nixon resigns, which is, we're talking late 74, early 75 now for Nixon. And then he goes back home. He gets discharged. I think the so idea- So five years doing, what was he doing? From 70 to 74? I think it's all ping pong. Yeah. I think that's, the, I, we're meant to believe that he's playing ping pong for years on behalf of the US. I, I would have- would have thrown in one more thing, like he was working for the Democratic Commission Committee or something. Sure, this movie's two hours and twenty five minutes. I'm I, not sure it needs to be longer. Well, the seventies, he throws away, spends five years playing ping pong and three and a half years running around the country. A Those life. are Forrest Gump seventies. Yeah, I mean, he didn't have a seventy IQ. The running scene. So you're you're in or you out? I can't tell. Defend the running scene. <laughs> I don't know if I can do that. I think that it's meant to be a, a a a moment in time in your life when you don't really know what to do. You don't really know where to oh. put yourself. You don't really know what your job should be. You you've you, you've broken up a relationship. You're confused, and you need to just like physically vent. And I I kind of get it. I kind of get it. Now I think that the like jokey stuff is bad. I think that the T-shirt, the Have a Nice Day T-shirt is stupid. I think the shit happens thing is like, that stuff feels like an SNL sketch. It's not very smart or interesting. But the idea of the person just running across the country back and forth is like a micro metaphor inside the bigger metaphor of the movie about like mm. what you encounter along the way. So right. I'm not that mad at it. It's still terrible. The, the music choices are ridiculously on the nose. Why didn't Jenny ever find the right guy? She's smoking hot. <laughs> She's traveling. No. This she didn't find. Didn't run into one nice guy in the she early did. six, she late sixties, early seventies. Nah, I think nobody. Uh, she's doing these all these Vietnam protests. Just doesn't meet some guy who's like a law student at Georgetown is who just becomes enamored with her. I think we know that we're meant to believe armchair psychologist that because of what happened in her past, she doesn't know how to make good choices. You know what she views as a, a valuable man is probably not good for her. 
And it's why she, and my biggest nit to pick in the whole movie yeah. is like, don't fully understand why after she finally sleeps with Forrest, she leaves the next morning. Why did that happen? No, they never talk about it. I, uh, I had that in unanswerable questions, okay. but we can do it now. I just didn't like it. It, it was one of the, it was weirdly in a movie that is a, like really silly and absurd at times. It was the one part of the movie where I was like, I forgot it happened this way. This doesn't really make sense. She ditches him the next morning. So there's here, here are the possibilities. Okay. One, he lasted like two seconds and she's like, I can't, this guy's, <laughs> she already knew he can't that was going to be the case. Me. They already had that right, encounter she, in maybe college. She's like, ah, he's been older. Maybe he's with some, maybe he's been with some women. Yeah. Forrest's sex life is weird in this movie because they also he has the encounter with the prostitute on New Year's Eve with Lieutenant Dan. He throws, Dan, off he throws off her, her off. Yeah. yeah, not a lot of sex for okay. seventy. Maybe they were going to get into that in Forrest Gump too. Um, I think there's a chance maybe Forrest was great, mm-hmm. and it was a great night. And it and her tendency when she's happy is to try to sabotage it because she's so messed up mentally. Okay. So you think Forrest was a tender lover? I think for maybe it was a great night. Maybe Forrest was hung was hung like a tripod. She's like, "Oh my god!" And she's like, "I get out of here. This guy's a sexual tornado." Okay. okay, neither of the first two things you said are the case. What's the third? Uh, the other one is it's just poorly written. Okay, <laughs> that, that's probably probably the real reason. Okay, you got it. That sounds right. I, I it just stuck out to me. It was just, because if she really truly loved Forrest. Uh-huh. That's the meanest thing you could do to that guy. You sleep with him, then you leave in the middle of the night. You leave the Medal of Honor on the table, and it's basically like, fuck you, dude. Right after the I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. You know, the whole that whole moment, which is very emotional, very powerful, and she she steps on his heart. It's like sometimes Olivia, one of our dogs, really hates the pool. The meanest thing I could do to her is put her on a raft and just float her out into the middle of the pool mm-hmm. <laughs> and her feet would be just stuck and she would just be completely terrified. Mm-hmm. I just wouldn't do that as much as, as I have some conflicted thoughts. She's my least favorite of our three dogs. Okay. So if you put Olivia that on a raft in the middle of your pool and just, you're but, the Jenny in this situation. No, okay. I'm saying, yeah, that would be the Jenny move. Okay. It's like, the, all right, what's the meanest thing I can do to a person? Okay. I'll do this. Cool. That's kind of what Jenny does. This is the craziest metaphor I've ever heard for this movie. Well, but okay. It's 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 super mean. Yeah, it is mean. It's it, what she did is really mean. It's it's thought out. She had to call a cab. Yep. It's not like she hopped in her car to get coffee and then just never came back. She packed stuff. She put the Medal of Honor on the nightstand. Mm-hmm. Called the cab, which had to take what forty minutes to get there. Forces in the middle of nowhere in Alabama. I've all very calculated. Okay. So two other potential theories here. Yeah. You want to know them? Sure. The first one is that she knows that Forrest is a dumb loser and she doesn't want to spend any more time with him. Now that's really mean. And Robin Wright is such a sympathetic character that you would never think that that would be the case, but she's known this guy all her life and she knows that he's a dummy. Yeah. She's like, I can't be around this anymore. I mean, he'd be a tough hang. Tough it's hang. The, it's the old Kevin Clark tough hang, great like, hang. What are they talking about? We I never see that. It's like, we walked around. I told Jenny about <laughs> Vietnam. I'm like, that sounds horrible. Seriously. Forrest Gump stories like, about Vietnam. I did most of the talking and she just listened. It's like, what? he's a moron. She's probably like, can I do drugs again? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> is, is there any heroin around here? So the, the other option, I think, is she knows she's pregnant. And she's like, I can't have a family with him. And so she either leaves. But then you leave a month later. Maybe. 
Maybe, but maybe she just freaked her out. She knew that there was no protection. She wasn't on birth control, nothing. I'm, I'm going to go out on them and say that that wasn't the first time Jenny Gump had sex with no protection. Probably, probably. Although we know that Tom Hanks's character, we know that Forrest doesn't really know how to control himself in that situation. Mm. So maybe he didn't apply the pullout method. I don't even, he barely pulled in probably. Okay. The, it would have made more sense to have an extra, <laughs> extra small scene where two months later she's throwing up in the toilet. Uh-huh. And then she leaves. And then she leaves. Okay. And then I'm like, oh, she just want to have, raise a child with the village idiot who's somehow a billionaire. Unanswerable question. Yeah. Best quotes. Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Bet that never happened in home ec. Don't sleep on that quote. Great Good moment. stuff. Forrest, you don't know what love is. Really mean thing to say to somebody. Sorry I had a fight at your Black Panther rally. Stupid is as stupid does. I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. I'm really proud of both of us for not doing a Forrest Gump accent yet during this podcast. We're almost at the hour one. mark. I'm not doing one either. Life is like a box of chocolates is the signature quote of this movie. Yeah, I feel like pop culture kind of messed with it, though. It kind of made it too much of a cliche instantaneously. Yeah. yeah. All right, unanswerable questions. Why didn't Forrest Gump go pro? So he gets out of college, I'm going to say 1964 range, something Mm -hmm. like that. He's an All-American. You have the NFL and you have the AFL at Mm -hmm. that point. You have two leagues. Sure. You have this village idiot Alabama kick returner who's just lights out, super excited to watch. No AFL offer? The New York Jets weren't snooping around. Doesn't he sound like the perfect Jet? I mean, they were at the, yeah, because he's a dumbass for Joe, sure. Yeah, they signed Joe Namath the year before. He, it's like, oh, here's our 70 IQ kick returner. I mean, aren't they aren't they teammates? Yeah, they could have been. They're scouting Joe Namath. It's like, who's the kick returner? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't think Forrest was a good teammate. Maybe not. I think he was selfish. They didn't really know any better. If, uh, if there had been a couple extra scenes in this movie... I think I would have liked the scene of the football people, the football teammates just torturing him in some way. Oh, yeah. Like just taping him to the goalpost. And- also, we know because of the leg braces, he has kind of a checkered injury history. You know, he's kind of the Michael Porter Jr. Of yeah, that, maybe of that he should have blown out an ACL in like the <laughs> Cotton Bowl. <laughs> also, he, he does seem, I mean, he just signs up for the military because he thinks it sounds like a good idea because he's dumb. Yeah. So maybe it didn't even occur to him to play professional football. Maybe it didn't. We talked about how, uh, why did Jenny ditch for us? Why didn't Forrest catch whatever Jenny had from Jenny? Maybe they didn't have a sex life when they got back together. We don't, we don't really know that. When they get married, we don't know if they're actually having sex. Okay. That leads us. Because she, we assume that she contracted HIV. Well, that's our next question. Okay. She either had AIDS or hepatitis B or hepatitis C, one of those hepatitis. Mm-hmm. So I actually... I went back because I knew I'd written about this at some point in my life. And somebody asked me, did Jenny Gump die of AIDS? was a mailbag question. It's, a, it's an amazing career you've had. Thank Someone you. sent you an email asking Thank you that question. Well, for years and years, I was the go-to, go-to <laughs> person for that. Questions like that. I was right there. <laughs> That's was, great stuff. Right, the point of the mailbag is I'll answer anything. <laughs> so she died in March of 1982, nine months after the first recorded case of AIDS in the United States. Okay. That means she would have had to get it in the 80 to 81 range. Mm-hmm. 
while taking care of Haley Joel Osment as a cocktail waitress, presumably not doing drugs anymore. Who knows? We don't know. We don't know if it was because she slept with someone. We don't know if it was from a syringe. We don't know how it could have happened. They don't They don't even approach that idea. Here's my controversial take. Okay. I don't think she had AIDS. You think she died of... Uh, I think she was just sick. I think they intimated that it's AIDS, but I don't think it was. I'm, okay. I'm in that corner now. I think she she probably had, you know, she had a rough life. She probably had like hepatitis C or hepatitis B or something. Something that was debilitating that she, that led to liver cancer or whatever. Okay. I mean, I buy it. I, I They never I say what it is. She just says, I'm sick, Forrest. She's, I think, does she you use say, the word virus? She uses the word virus. Yeah. So I think that that so it could be hepatitis. Made me, th- made me think it was, was HIV. Other possibility is they just fucked up the timeline on it and they thought AIDS was like a big thing by them, but it wasn't. It's plausible. I mean, they basically let Forrest play ping pong for four years. So it's definitely <laughs> they possible. Forrest run around the country. <laughs> so really they probably fucked it up and thought, oh, this will be AIDS, but they got the, they should have had her die in 1984. I don't, but that's like not a good message to send is if you live a life of like uh, experimental drug use and sexual promiscuity, you're going to die of AIDS. Like that's a weirdly moralizing note in a movie that isn't that moralizing about stuff like that. I don't really love that as a way to go out. I wonder if we'll ever get an answer. Probably not. We sh- should we call Winston Groom? I assume it was an AIDS thing. Yeah, I, I think that's what we're meant to believe. I also have... A mailbag question that somebody asked me about how many, it was a settle about how many sexual partners do you think Jenny Gump had? I'm not going to put a number yeah. on that. How I'm many not, sexual partners did Forrest Gump have? One. For sure? Yeah. Just one. Just one. This guy was a was an all-American kick returner for Alabama. No. I don't think he wait. Jenny was his girl. His, his okay. whole point was like, Jenny's my girl and that's cool. it. Here's another one. Where did everyone go after Forrest stopped running? So they're in like Montana or Utah and he just stops and he's got 150 people behind them. So now what happens from that point on? And they go to the Greyhound bus station. They got to walk somewhere. <laughs> they're in the middle of nowhere. I don't know. <laughs> These people would be like, what the fuck, man? I mean, what's you wrong stop with here? You? Can you stop at a major city? Here's something I respect about Forrest when he's interviewed while he's doing the running. He's not trying to create some bullshit reason. He's like, right. I just felt like running. And right. people still follow him. LeBron would have played it up much more. Totally. It would LeBron have been, all been like, here's my uninterrupted crew. <laughs> here's some, uh, some thoughts on the feather. People thought it was the, it symbolized the unbearable lightness of being. Okay. That's overreading it. Forrest Gump's impaired intellect. The randomness of experience. I got all this stuff on the internet. That one, I, that's the one I subscribe to. Hanks interpreted it as our destiny is only defined by how we deal with the chance elements of our life. And that's kind of the embodiment of the feather as it comes in. Here's this thing that can land anywhere and it lands at your feet. It's the theological implications that are really huge. And Sally Field compared the feather feather to fate. Was it planned or was it just per chance? Yeah, I think that's what we're supposed to believe. That's my interpretation too. I have a new, new category before we get to who won the movie. It's exciting. Yeah, new one. Because I think we've said this in every podcast, so now I think it should just be a category. Would this have been better as a Netflix series? <laughs> as a 10-episode Netflix series? Because that seems like that topic comes up every time. Here's the Netflix series I would want from this movie. And maybe, actually, it feels a little more Amazon. Jenny Gump. Oh. We're just going with Jenny Gump. We're going in. 
Well, that removes the. We know she's going to die at the end, but she's Forrest is barely in this. This is a Jenny Gump story. Is this a world in which the movie Forrest Gump already exists? No. So there's just they haven't made this movie, and we're trying to figure out what's the best way to adapt this story. I'm saying I'm in for Jenny Gump t- ten episode Netflix series. I'd at least I'd at least try the first episode. It'd probably be pretty raunchy. Six, Sixty-eight through eighty. Okay, she's just trying to make it work. I think we isn't that basically what vinyl is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. It would work. <laughs> uh, this movie's better as a movie. I don't think this would have worked as a Netflix series. Okay, who won the movie? Tom Hanks. There's no other answer. Here's what I wrote when I wrote about Tom Hanks seven years ago. He's in every scene, not every scene, but almost every scene. He has to play a dimwit in a blatantly manipulative movie without crossing over into that Robin Williams zone. Mm. I think that's an important point. Good, yeah, good. Robin call. Williams as Gump. I think Robin Williams. I don't know if it works. Interesting. That he Robin wasn't Williams. considered for this. I love yeah. Robin Williams too. Uh, if this is, but imagine it if it's a Terry Gilliam movie starring Robin Williams. You know, I mean that that, that is. It's probably too funny. He has to pull off a crazy accent that should not have worked mm-hmm. and is so annoying that neither of us even tried to do it during this podcast. I have a take. He yeah. doesn't pull it off. Oh. And it doesn't matter. Why didn't you do that and then picking nits? Well, because it doesn't bother me. He actually, in the internet research thing, he didn't want to get too Southern with it. Why? And they, they pushed him to make it more, oh, I almost did it. There's a couple of times when normal Tom Hanks voice comes out. Did you notice this rewatching it? No. Particularly when he finishes building the gun in boot camp. And he says, Dundrill Sergeant! Dundrill Sergeant! And he uses regular Tom Hanks voice. Oh, Jesus. And CGI I, that too. I don't know what that was supposed to, if that was purposeful or if mm. that was the only time he was competent so he didn't sound like dumb Forrest Gump. He has to pull off that terrible cross-country sequence without making you turn on the movie. Okay. He has to make you think Jenny Gump would want to have sex with him. He has to believably pull off being a football player, soldier, Vietnam vet, shrimp boat owner, and jogger, as well as someone with a heart and soul who's slightly smarter than he lets on. And the whole time, you have to buy that he has a 70 IQ. Tom Hanks, everybody. Hanks is great. I love Hanks. It's great. I don't think anyone else could. All right. So let's say Forrest Gump happens 10 years later. Mm -hmm. I think Matt Damon goes for it. Too smart. But that's what I think. That's why I think he tries to do it. And I don't think it works. Wouldn't work. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt basically has done this part in seven movies. So yeah. yeah. Brad Pitt is Forrest Gump. I I think I kind of like that. Might be a little too handsome. They'd have to give him a bad haircut. The dirty scene with Brad Pitt is like, Crew cut Brad Pitt is not a handsome. That's true. He needs like the blonde hair going. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, who is it? Who's our ordinary guy movie star from the 2000s? Because that's what Tom Hanks is. He's the embodiment of the everyman. And that's why people find it easier to relate to him. Ryan Reynolds. Nice. No, too handsome. Tom Hanks is like, is oh, a handsome guy. Tom Hanson, Hanks is ugly. What if he's, he's not ugly? He's just, he's just, he's a regular guy. I think he knows that he's got that regular guy appeal. Yeah. And we don't have a lot of actors like that anymore. You know, yeah. like Chris Pratt is kind of has regular guy appeal, but he also is jacked. Chris Pratt, non-jacked Chris Pratt would work. Okay. Yeah. Hank's got skinny for a couple of these movies. It was a good career move. Definitely. Well, Philadelphia, he's very skinny. See, you didn't think we could do Forrest Gump. Any last words? No, this was fun. And I, I think that this movie now officially has a bad rap and doesn't deserve too. it. That's why I'm glad we did this pod. Even like asking Ringer staffers, 
and people, ah, 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 that's sappy. Ah, nah, I've only seen it once. It's and, actually really worth seeing. And genuinely rewatchable. I was not bored. Yeah. So I, I would say I it's it. one of the few monster giant movies that have come out that you could watch with any member of your family. Absolutely. Although then you have to explain premature ejaculation, the AIDS crisis, Watergate. No, the, see that the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> AIDS goes right over the heads of the the kids. Right. Okay. My son would have no idea what was going under. Actually, my son would probably have a better chance of knowing <laughs> than my than my daughter, my thirteen year old okay. innocent daughter. My son would probably be like, oh well, maybe you can show it to him tonight. Yeah, maybe. Uh Sean Fantasy. We can hear you on the big picture on channel 33. You can listen to my podcast, uh, the BS podcast. Don't forget to check out the ringer. We have some good stuff coming up uh, the rest of the way. Thanks to ZipRecruiter. Don't forget to go to ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. Thanks to SeatGeek as well. Don't forget to download their app or go to SeatGeek.com. The Rewatchables, we're rolling through this, man. We are two weeks away from Jaws, which is the podcast we were born to do. Can't wait. Jaws is going to be July 4th. And then we have another good one next week as well. We're going to be doing this all the way through to September every week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.